any questions or things you'd like me to make clearer if I can or comment on from what I've been talking about so far yes So your first question is to do with the attention and intention and the relationship between the two. Okay. Uh, attention is Pali word is manasikara, and that is to do with the, the span, the mind, you know, where the mind is placed, the span of the awareness. So you could have an attention on particular point or attention on a wider field or yeah. and it also it's to do with um, duration and attention of one second, five seconds so it's to do with measurable things such as space and time mm-hmm. intention is more to do with um, things like vigor you know, the, almost the, the, you might say the very pressure of the mind you know whether it's soft or strong or sustained or um, so it it's, has that quality to it it's a chitana so it's a volition it doesn't mean a deliberate thought it means more like a movement of the heart towards something yeah, or away from something yeah. and it, so, uh, mostly it's, a, it's measured in terms of ethical qualities such as an intention that's um, suffused with goodwill or clarity or an intention that's suffused with malice or this nature so those two so if you like your attention rests on you know covers something your, your intention directs energy towards that it could sort of direct it in a greedy way or an averse way or a spacious way or a loving way and the two would tend to feed back to each other you say your attention rests upon something that supports or ignites passion then your intentions are likely to be of that nature if your attention rests upon something that supports peace your intentions are likely to be of that nature so the two will tend to uh, condition each other Similarly, if you really um, work with it, then you know you can, through your quality of your your intention, you can start to to um, turn things around. So you can attend to something that you might find slightly disgusting, but actually bring up a quality of uh, kindness or you know dispassion, and the sense of disgust doesn't arise. Yeah. So. Uh, so that means your attention may linger longer you know, be more steady mm. so often when we say, you know, you cultivate mindfulness then your intention is basically of a wholesome nature and its intention is more aimed towards clarity this clarity and, and say you know, not not messing around with what's what you're attending to, but just trying to be clear and balanced with it. Mm. So, 
and your second question was to do with um, say the emphasis on maybe sustaining attention on the ending of the out-breath or even lengthening, lengthening the ending of the out-breath rather, than, rather than more than the ending of the in-breath hmm? right? so hmm. to see what works but mm, why I would sort of recommend the out breath for two, two reasons first is purely in terms of physiology that is when you, when you breathe out and you, so you look at it as a very almost a physical exercise you, you, you de- deoxygenate you know so just physically, physiological level, this means you, you build up a certain greater ratio, uh, proportion of, of calm dioxide in your lungs. So that improves your metabolism. You need CO2 to properly metabolize. So quite a lot of asthma, if you notice, is a gulping experience. You, can't, you don't seem to be able to get enough air in you you're breathing a lot more than normal, your know, normal state. So it's not that you're not getting any oxygen, but the problem is you're not getting any CO2. So, uh, you know, and then you get this kind of panic builds up. So if you build up the level of degree of carbon dioxide, it certainly um, strengthens your metabolism just on a fundamental energy basis. It also helps to check the grabbing. You know that is there's a you know a psychology of, of snatching and gulping, which is to do with taking in. So you hold the out breath, then you're more emphasising that letting go, releasing, stopping, and then as you come as you let the in breath begin, you do it slowly. So you really rein in the gulping mechanism, the snatching mechanism that throws you up. It also seems to me the case that um, many, many people have, um, you know, if energy is rhythmic, it tends to go down and then come up, go down and then come up, go down and then come up. In, in, in this, when we're in a more driven state, the problem is we don't actually go down. You know, we get up, 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 So you get that, so the, it's as if one needs to almost emphasize the down to correct an imbalance. Both are useful, but it's generally the case if you look into it's like pranayama, there's more emphasis on, I think, on holding breath out and then coming, even though you do sustain the held on the in-breath, but more perhaps on the out-breath. It helps to balance energy. Um, the tendency for the psychology, the speeding up psychology is to lose the ground. We lift off, then we're like tumbleweed. So breathing out, tend to give you more down 
ground energy and it's a very useful very simple kind of piece of knowledge is, is go down if you want more go down go down your back drop your tail drop your energy drop your stance and you, you, you know you going down is actually going down to where you're going to get more come, more coming back you know like if you bounce and you actually deepen the bounce you spring more if you keep trying to lunge up you lose energy if you deepen your bounce you go down and you bounce more you come up more you know. so it's just rather like that and that's, that's just as a physical that's just as a breathing, deliberate breathing exercise in terms of mindfulness of breathing then it, it's maybe important to not meddle with it too much but once you can get feel a long comfortable breath yeah, you know to, to link to be fully aware on both of those pauses in the in breath and the out breath yeah. um, I have a question about uh, detachment versus disinterest I find that as I oftentimes I think I'm getting to detachment uh, or a wholesome detachment and I, that I discover that I'm rather, really lost in disinterest because I'm really not present with the things that are rising I'm sort of like dismissing them so my question is about how to avoid that pitfall that I no. so detachment and disinterest so you get some detachment disinterest they mean like bored or your mind just slides off the object well mm. thinking, more thinking like um, I'm not caught by caught so much while I'm sitting and meditating, not caught so much by the uh, mental proliferations, and I can see them, but then I get to feeling like I'm my, everything feels very flat, very, like there's not, there isn't this rhythmic coming and going I'm not really mm-hmm. staying with them even. Mm-hmm. and I guess maybe boredom is the right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. well, detachment is seems to just kind of Detachment begins with detachment from um, covetousness and ill will. You know, really ethical detachment. And then detachment is something that allows one to witness impermanence rather than be locked into a particular mode or state. Um, and then it, there is, say, you know, mm, what will tend to happen in terms of breathing is that as, you, as your breathing settles, as your mind calms, the breathing becomes, the movement of the breathing becomes subtler and sometimes seems to stop altogether. Yeah. So that, that's, that's fine. <laughs> you know, in terms of, of movement, you don't have to have a very vigorous thing because the point of a is the rhythm gets very very long, slow rhythm, which you tune into more with the breathing, and then the mind starts to f- find a kind of a, a centering in the energy, which is almost just like a very soft pulse, a very slow pulse. So that the physical aspects of the breathing, 
uh, quieten down you know, the actual physical aspects of it and the breathing becomes very um, subtle in a way mm. now if this interest could depends whether it's a sense of mm. you know it can be seen as a skillful state as you have no particular um, bias but it's a but I got a feeling you felt it was more like um, slightly not there, not enough traction on it, not enough really being with it. Yeah. It's more. It's more like just not being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, why the, the, the process of the feedback of of, of Vitaka Vichara is something that's actually acknowledging, touching that, and staying with it. Vichara, Vitaka Vichara, okay, feels like this, hmm, feels like this, hmm, you know, that, that's what keeps the mind engaged, and it may not feel like very much at all, but it maybe feels like quiet, or feels like soft, or feels spacious, or feels, let me try that again, wait a minute, what does it feel like, so, you know, you, you heighten, the, or educate the perception faculty so you get a sense of which reading you know, what's going on and staying interested in it even if it, it's not striking or, or you know loud or impassioned um, and then some perhaps moving it around your body like how, how do I know it in the extremities how do I know it in the center so a certain amount of activity of awareness is helpful you know, to, to stop it going stagnant or your mind kind of just z- z- zooming out, you know, z- blotting out. So the, um, the instruction is to be, be aware of the whole body, breathing in, breathing out. So it's a kind of suffuse deliberately suffuse as you're spreading so that's the next bit when you get into the rhythm and the rhythm settles and steadies and you suffuse it's like almost like asking your awareness to open and sense as if you um, whiskers you know or tendrils it's opening out so that you still may just sense no pressure or tingling or subtle or quiet you know and it's not as if it's that verbal process but there, is, there is, could be a sensing um, if that then that the mind is kept bright and uh, coherent in that way the thinking mind you know, and the, your receptivities get bright and coherent you get the quality of like a buoyant quality called rapture you start to feel sort of buoyant, lifting, lifting quality uh, and that, that blends into the breath energy so then you can focus on that quality of brightness and maybe the physical breath starts to just disappear instead you have something like a s- slightly slightly moving, slightly mobile rhythmic buoyant quality <laughs> Which is a blend of body and mind. It's a mixture of the two. The two are yoked. Then, when they're yoked, they start to fuse and infuse and suffuse. That's the process. You 
suffuse and infuse so they fuse <laughs> you know, they kind of melt together uh, and so that, that becomes the sign for the mind if it's moving into that, that quality of absorption it goes that way yeah. but otherwise even if it doesn't still you want to keep the sense of it's like this now and, and um, you know I think it takes quite a bit of time to, to, to get your mind to get a bit less active and still so but then after a while you've got to make sure it doesn't get too inactive and still because it just goes stagnant and, and numb and you can slightly fluff it up a bit yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yes so it's finding the place where you feel comfortable and rested but in a perhaps more felt emotive sense than just a sort of like a position or looking at it from oh it's in that particular place but feeling it more on um, emotional sense in yourself comfortable yeah. with yourself mm-hmm. because I don't think I can say share myself if it's if either there are parts I feel are unacceptable and it's certainly a complicated world sort of things or you know people are so different people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't want to go off on too many tangents but whether you know people don't want to hear what you have to say or there are internal pieces that I haven't sorted out emotionally that are, uh-huh. you know, might feel overpowering. Yeah. So, you know, is it, you know, um, but I think it's that sense of home being, a, not just being a, a concept, but someplace okay to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. Well, you know, the emotional sense has to be encouraged and uh, sense also the sense of um, so appreciation, gladness, uh, contentment with yourself, gratitude. These, these to be trust in yourself. These have to be encouraged because they they get lost. They get lost, and if they get lost, then we don't operate very well. And a lot of our, well, I think a lot of people's problems. Well, here I go generalizing again, but. Uh, I think there's a lot of frustrated love it's just the love energy can't find a way to get out it can't happen it can't happen to, you know it should happen you know what the word means it would be really good if it did it's what you need what everybody needs all you need is <laughs> so where's the button <laughs> you know where does it happen yeah and some play, you know, the, in fact, one one aspect of our system is really that's what it's about. But we maybe don't go there because that place can also feel some of the pain, pain and um, fear and anxiety and awkwardness. So, two have to come together in a way. 
and maybe where we can enter it is just in that very edge where you, you get feel frustrated you feel you know a bit dry or a bit you sense the lack of something you sense the missing piece the sense of why don't I get why, don't, why doesn't this happen for me you know why, why can't I get this going why is life so this way you know and that, that, that that's in a way that's the the, the place we may sense this and what is it what can help me be there what can help me be with this what does this need what is this little bit of awkwardness or frustration or disappointment or agitation what, what, what would that bit need and a lot of time strange enough in terms of, of looking after ourselves or blessing ourselves or developing ourselves we don't really talk about ourselves we talk about little pieces because one of the obstacles to, to liberation is carrying around something that we call ourself it's a, it's a nebulous thing and yet we recognize it it's a familiar sense it's a trapped sense it's a very bounded sense and uh, and it identifies with everything you can't you've got to actually take a little bit say this is because there's many of them there's my happy self my carefree self my angry self my disappointed self my wounded self my dark self my dangerous self you know there's all little little pieces and just take a little piece one that seems to you know come most need most attention need most to me need most attention you know like my frustrated sense my barren sense and then what would it be like if that little piece could be met with something loving not just that little piece what, what would it be like if you know that little piece of, of the me could be met by something that was felt it's okay for you I don't mind you being here you're really okay that's fine with me I sense a sense of compassion what would it be like if, if somebody looked at that in that way because I can't do it because <laughs> I can't do it <laughs> I see my eyes you know, start judging but what it's like if something were to regard you know regard these bits of me with, without aversion and with uh, kindness and with compassion what would it be like if you know so you kind of can play with these like that you know what would you like if or what would it be like you know it, so as soon as you say what would be like if you get a sense of oh that would be nice oh yeah oh really oh, that'd be, yeah that would be very nice it's something that softens because for that very moment you're not looking at that the thing that you've asked is looking at it. You see, so when you, when your conditioned program self looks at looks at your program self, it can only come up with programmed 
reactions and responses. So you've almost got to induce and invite a non-programmed way of looking at yourself a little bit. And this is where you get a sense of compassion, kindness, appreciation, equanimity. You start it like that to, to yourself, to pieces of yourself. What would it be like if? You remember maybe the times when someone, someone responded to you in a warm, affectionate, forgiving way. You remember the times when, no, oh, that was, what does that feel like? Yeah. Or you remember the times when, um, some, you know, you came up with something yourself, you know, it was towards a dog. You know, you were generous or you felt warm-hearted towards your cat or your dog. You know, it's funny, one of the things that, I mean, this was probably years ago now, because my, my, my cat died, but one of the times when I was at the vet, I was sitting there, and everybody's waiting to get into the vet, and Jody was so expressive to all, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, I'm like, you treated each other like this, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But when they're when they're you know, when you have you know, pet lovers who are there with their pets, it's just like just blowing out of them like yeah, yeah. without a worry in the world. It's it's almost you know, it's like and I just thought to myself at that moment, look how much people want to love. I mean Yeah, they wants to come out. So it comes out in these enormous torrents when they get something they can do it to. Yeah. That's why people that's why people have pets. <laughs> <laughs> They don't get these kind of complex relationships <laughs> that humans get into each other. Yeah, right. You know, dog doesn't work for a living. It doesn't buy. It does not. It's not punctual. It's not tidy. You know, and yet you love it because every time it comes to you come to the door, it looks at you with those big brown eyes and think, looks at you, giving you the message: you're the most wonderful thing that ever happened. <laughs> And you think, oh, how lovely, you know, so that. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty normal. I mean, everyone has, I guess, seems to me that many people I know have that same problem, including me. It, it, so it, it's, it's part, it's programming, it's part of the programming. We tend to regard ourselves in terms of function and performance and ability because that's the program that's the program that's what the program is get functional get perform well that's 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 the indoctrination <laughs> so you you keep one keeps regarding oneself in such a manner yeah and it's like after a while that becomes the default way of regarding yourself even when you're doing things like well how loving were you today? <laughs> you know, how good did you meditate? How much loving kindness did you produce? So even that, you know, becomes a kind of performance thing. Where, you, you know, it's the measuring mind. The measuring mind. You're approaching yourself from the measuring mind. And the loving kindness is the measureless mind it's the measureless mind you pick up you know 
one grain is 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 enough because it doesn't measure it in terms of it just feels the quality of that so you know why it really is very important and quite difficult because you've got to come out of the measuring mind which is so so much what we become so much we, what we get what we get into that we think it's ourself you know, I mean New York certainly breeds it but also <laughs> it, it, yeah it can replace that which is not there yeah it fills up the gaps so you know I think sometimes it's like just towards it towards just remembering the times when there is that flow of warmth doesn't matter who or why or when the, the, to recognize there is that who who were you then what? who were you then when you were in your loving mode don't put a name on it don't put a name on it you know just just re- just remember almost the internal feeling how you felt have you felt kind of bubbly or you felt young or you felt lifting or you know whatever it is just uh, there there's that's who that's who you're looking for that's who you're looking for you know, what what can remind you of that is you know you bring up those moments when you, you were that person if you like you're in that mode ah, and then was try to feel it in your body you know, if your body felt it was you know like a little bit sighing or you feel a bit teary or you feel whatever it's kind of so you get a kind of in-depth picture of that or an in-depth um, sense of that so just that that's there yeah. and they notice how you know you come to being hard hard edged quick shit sharp quick you know balancing don't deserve do deserve not enough not you know this kind of thing <laughs> so you come back to the the, the, the measureless you know and so it, it does help you can remember those moments incidents when that happened for yourself or creatures or beings in particular states when that happens for you sometimes it's, it's recognizing the suffering of others you see people who are you know, severely afflicted feel, oh, oh, oh yeah you know. feel, feeling that you feel your emotional body so you've got to almost like deliberately energize the emotional body and then what would it be like if someone could look at me in that way you know, or there were a presence or a Buddha or a Bodhisattva or a saint or something that could look at me in that way what would that be like? Uh, is it going to happen? no, 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 no. <laughs> what would it be like? <laughs> how would it feel in your face? how would it feel in your throat? how would it feel in your hands? You know? Yeah, yeah, you know, it? so they photograph that internally photograph that you know, remember that, that that who you were in that particular moment what you felt like and how your mind operates in that moment maybe your mind goes a little bit sort of loopy <laughs> you know it's not so 
grammatical anymore. It's not so precise anymore because a bit soft and loopy, you know. And okay, so you get a kind of sense of that particular body. And if you can, can you direct that towards your physical form? You know, may this physical form be well. May this physical form, because it's a bit easier than the psychological form. Because you know, there's these tissues and flesh and bones, you know, look at that in a sympathetic way. And then we start to be able to chip away at some of these um, difficult uh, pieces of territory. And of course the most difficult stuff is where you're most highly embedded, highly compacted. Uh, so you can't go there, first of all. You go to the bit that's a little bit freer. You know, it's like when you're undoing a knot, you go to the loosest places first and gradually work into the tighter places. Mm. You know, so sometimes when you just appreciate the good you've done, even if it was just like, you, you know, you stepped aside and let somebody else use the elevator. It wasn't, you know, sainthood. <laughs> but it was a little bit of... Little bit of Generosity, or what it felt like. You know, notice that, or notice the bad you didn't do. You know, like you could have really blasted so and so, but you went, nah, forget it. You know, doesn't matter. You know, because we could do a lot of damage. And so you just so it's, it's part of a kind of um, hygiene, I think, emotional sanity is just to to spend some time recollecting the grace and the goodness that you've done or the, you know, oh, thank goodness I'm not actually haven't killed anybody or maybe not today I haven't you know, <laughs> you know I could have done people do lose it completely and you know and well, I could do that you know. got the capacity to do so oh, oh wonderful I haven't done that you know and all these other terrible things that people can do to each other so oh it's it's good. So, you know, maybe a little bit intellectual and forced at first, but you're trying to, you know, not look at yourself in these too, too much in terms of what you think you are, what you get used to being. You start to kind of think outside of the box. The things I didn't do, which normally you don't notice the things you didn't do. And maybe the little in, seemingly insignificant pieces of goodness that you think, oh, well, it doesn't, you know that you just did without really thinking about it remember that you know, notice that so it helps to to come out of the particular view so it's the measure, the measuring view the inner, what I call the inner critic or the inner tyrant which always sees you through a very um, negative and ungracious lens no grace in it, no no forgiving, no appreciation, no gratitude, no encouragement in it. And you want to come out of that that gaze. Do it to someone else. Look at them in that way, forgiving way. Another creature, look at it in an appreciating way. You remember someone who's done something good, someone you admire, think, oh, you know, she does really she's a really loving person. Rather than why can't I be like that? Because 
you know, look at it and think, oh, it's lovely. You know, feel some of that as mudita, appreciative, appreciative joy. So all those help to make your, your emotional territory a little more alive and your emotional language a little more fluent. And the more you do that, the more it's going to come back to you. Yeah. Yes. As you noted earlier, the value of guidance, um, meditation can lead to the sensations of spaciousness or pulsing, feelings of tingling of the body. And uh, needless to say, these feelings can be very, very pleasurable. And there's a Puritan side of you that sort of regarded suspiciously as uh, temptations to clinging and attachment. Uh-huh. I don't want to set goals in my meditation. Um, so are they just are they good signposts that you're going in the right direction, or are they just irrelevant kind of side effects? So the senses of spaciousness or ease or enjoyment, tingling, tingling, flowing, flowing, are they good signs? <laughs> <laughs> or are they the work of the devil? <laughs> <laughs> You can trust me, worldly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the kind of the long aim, of course, is you know, always moving towards liberation. But that's uh, there are stages in, in that. There are stages in that. First of all, we want to be liberated from, you know, fear and 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 um, you know, act, acting in unskillful ways, very you know, from immoral actions to be just be able to sense that doesn't taste good, doesn't feel good, don't do it. That's a liberation. And as you as you free up, chances are, hopefully, you'll feel good. Because <laughs> you feel good, you want to do more of that. You want to go. That's, so the feel good is is an indication of yeah, that that was good. What is good feels good. Uh, so you let go of the unskillful, and the skillful is not just right because it says so on the paper, because it is right because you feel good with it. Mm-hmm. So then you can also work on this, what I've been talking about many ways, it's uh, working on the level of the energy body. So your energy body starts to feel good and bright and buoyant. Um, that's not really a moral issue, but it is an issue in terms of of one's capacity. If your if your energy is is constricted or depleted, you just don't have much capacity for deepening. You don't have much capacity to handle things because it's like you're shallow or brittle, you know. So to have capacity to really deal with, you know, the disturbances in the mind or the pains in the heart, you need to have resource. You, know, you need to have some, some richness there because these things can jarring experiences, hurt experiences you need to have some abundance to be able to, to, to clean those out so you're not you know, knocked to the wall by them and also that if, you, if you're finding your happiness in there then you're tending not to seek it in all the outs, external stuff so it definitely drops your, your, your greed 
your greed, your grabbing greed me- mechanisms sort of go on hold for a while, at least on the external level. You understand? So it tends to take you inward. Uh, that definitely causes your mind to be more composed. So that's skillful. Um, release from some, you know, unskillful or or unresourceful to what is helpful and resourceful. Um, and then, you know, the attachment creeps in as the holding on to anything that's enjoyable. Attached to. Um, we also attach to views and ideas. We get attached to ideologies. We get attached to status, and we get attached to external things. Mm-hmm. So you can attach to the view that you shouldn't be attached, or you can att- attach to the to the idea that pleasure isn't good for you. You know. So the puritanical that's a form of, that's another form of attachment. Attachment to a view. So you want to actually something that you can sort of start to look at attachment. Now, if you attach to these these energies, one of two things happens. One is they, they disappear straight away because you, the very quality of grasping um, tends to constrict the system so they, they disappear. Or you attach to them as... Um, now I am this, now I am that, now I'm a higher being, now I'm a radiant being, now I am blessed being or something, I'm really great. So you attach them in terms of complacency. So you want to be on the watch out, look out for those. Um, or you attach them in terms of just getting off on it, such as a certain sort of um, um, indulgence, just getting off on it. Um, and maybe, you know, a little bit of indulgence uh, you have to learn. Yeah. You know, so all that, you know, it, it's, you, can't, you can't do it in abstract. You've got to, got to learn it as it happens. Um, So, so if it helps the um, thinking mind to quiet down, if it helps the sense appetites to be um, less voracious, if it gets rid of niggardliness and ill will, that's good. And maybe you then got to work with a little bit of attachment to that happy state. But that's the way it goes, you know. You've, you've shed a lot of stuff. Now be aware of getting attached to these particular states as if you are them or have them or because you've got have that you're some kind of special person so you get conceit uh, or you get you get ungrounded you know you lose, so it's a while you're connecting it to breathing in breathing out is you, you keep a sense of grounding and how you come out of the meditation you come back into the physical form and you move in you move so you learn the skills of this is a conditioned process that arises dependent on conditions and so you see it with insight as this is just conditioned program to determine if I go down there it gives me rise to this this is not some ultimate state of being this is not a true self this is impermanent and just something that's produced that's detachment doesn't mean you don't have to doesn't mean you don't experience it but you don't get stuck in it 
or claim it or cling to it or start proclaiming it to other people as this is where everybody else should be 